1: No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rockin' Nation's Football Podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon B.K. Kylie. This is before the box score. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week. It is also Rivalry Week, the greatest week of the year for college football, where we play our most hated rival, Arkansas. In the Battleline Rivalry brought to you by Shelter Insurance. BK, I'm gearing up for food, gearing up for some time off. I'm excited for playing Arkansas, I guess. How are, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to this game. This is, you know how I am, Nate. I like the good games. I like the games that are going to be competitive going in one way or the other. I like the Arkansas game. I like the Kentucky game, South Carolina, Auburn. Those are the games that I get excited about. I know Nate prefers the guaranteed wins where you can look back and say, ah, beat Louisiana Tech 52-24, and Abilene Christian 34-17, and New Mexico State 45-14. to I like watching good football. Good football is fun football, and we should have some fun football on Friday.
0: Yeah, as long as Missouri plays, well, it should be good.
1: Yeah, too. True. <laughs> <Good point. laughs>
0: Missouri tends to play a lot better against p- bad teams. So, you know, that's uh give and take. But yeah, we are we are coming to you early. We're hoping that uh you know this can provide some some nice travel uh travel information that you can listen to while you're getting to where we gotta go. Not a whole lot to talk about. This is one of those byproducts of of shortened weeks. Where you break down the game, you you talk about the game that just happened, and then you immediately have to flip around and talk about your next opponent. So that's kind of where we're at, too. Not a whole lot to really talk about other than the game itself. It does bear mentioning, though, that we saw at the or towards the end of the game uh, against New Mexico State, Barrett Bannister took a pretty hard hit and did not recover well from it. He had to be helped off the field. He was clearly concussed. And in the, uh, the media sessions uh, today, a couple people had mentioned that he had not been practicing. Now, no duh, he took the hit late Saturday. It is Tuesday morning slash afternoon when they're telling people this. So, like, yeah, not a very quick turnaround here, but at least so far he has not been practicing. BK, I can't imagine he plays based off of what we saw after he got hit. Any, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, basically what you said. I, I wouldn't expect him to play on Friday against Arkansas. The hope is that he gets one more opportunity to play in the bowl game if Missouri ends up being eligible for a bowl. But it sucks, man, because like Barrett Bannister doesn't have a large role in the offense. Like his snap counts aren't going to be super high because he's not a guy that's going to go out there and uh, be a significant part of their game plan. But there is one very important part of the game where Bannister is heavily involved and that's on third downs. And now when you don't have the goal it sucks, man, and it just sucks for him as well because of, I mean, Mizzou fans know this. If you're listening to this, you're probably a pretty big Mizzou fan. You know, his story for him to come in the way that he did and for him to be, he's from Fayetteville, right. And, and going up against Arkansas, like that, it's really unfortunate that this is the game that he ends up having to miss, but uh, you wish nothing but the best for him. Hopefully his teammates are able to get it done and he's able to have one more uh, one more time out there with, with them. But it sucks, no doubt.
0: Uh, T's and P's with Bannister and his family. Hopefully he recovers well. Um, that's really all you can ask for. Certainly don't push yourself. Obviously, this is his last year. Yeah, you know, even if Missouri's 5-7, and seven, they're probably going to be in a bowl anyway, so I know this one. I'm always... not
1: so sure anymore. I, I don't know, man. I there's, Because there's so many teams that have the possibility of becoming bowl eligibility this weekend. I thought going into last week, I, I was totally in line with you. I, I think that they end up bowl eligible at 5-7. and seven. I, I don't have the same assurance now that I did a week ago, though. Hmm. Well, there there's just a lot of teams that have to lose this week for everything to go in the in the Mizzou direction. I'll have to look up what the numbers are, but I think it's like I don't know, like 17 spots and there's like 40 teams or something like that that are potentially eligible. I have to go back through.
0: Eh, I don't remember. I know that there are. There were like 76 teams that were qualified last week, uh, and Missouri is number two in APR. That's the academic progress rate, basically. Do you graduate your players and do they have good grades? That's that's what that's about. And in the case where there's not enough bowl-eligible teams to fill bowl slots, then they start looking at teams' APR, five and seven teams, and their APR to start filling those in. So Missouri's sitting well there. I, don't know, I thought it was like there were three teams in particular that were not, were like basically underdogs and probably won't get to six wins. I don't know. I don't know. That's a bridge we'll cross after we beat Arkansas and don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I just hope that Barrett Bannister takes it easy Is the point. Don't feel like you have to come back. We'd love to have him back, but uh, yeah, not uh you don't need to risk your, your long-term health for a single game against our most hated rival.
1: There are 75 teams secured. There are 16 teams that still have a chance to get to six and six over the weekend. And there are seven spots remaining for, for the bowl. So okay. um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah.
0: Best way you can do the best thing you can do to avoid this is to win your game. Like I said, and Arkansas is in town. BK, my uh, opponent preview drops tomorrow on Wednesday We'll talk about a little bit here, obviously, as we go through this. I I like this Arkansas team. I like when Missouri plays Arkansas. It's fun. It's the closest thing we have to a hater rival that we actually play in football. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, even on top of me looking forward to this game, looking at the numbers, this is going to be a really good game. And the the Mm -hmm. simplest way I can put this, BK, is that it's going to be strength on strength and weak on weak. Because the Arkansas offense is really good at running the ball and pretty good at passing the ball. Missouri defense is really good at stopping the run, really good at stopping the pass. But Arkansas is really good at generating big pass plays, and Missouri is vulnerable to big pass plays. On the flip side, Missouri's offense isn't very good. Arkansas's defense isn't very good and they stink at stopping the run. And all Eli Drinkwitz wants to do is run, baby. Just run, 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 run. Their pass defense isn't all that great either. And they're, you know, kind of vulnerable to big passing plays. So, like, this is just the perfect, like you said, styles make the matchup. And I think this if if things go well, if everyone plays their A game, this could be a very entertaining game. And even though I love wins more than anything else and you love good games above everything else, I think this could be the perfect marriage of that. And I, I just, I really hope everyone plays well because this could have the makings of a classic game.
1: It really could. I think this is one of those games where we can actually go through like when Arkansas has the ball, when Mizzou has the ball and you go through like the, the individual matchups that can make it fun. Um, so we can do that because we've got like the, the time and the runway to be able to do that this week. Cause there's really nothing else to get into um, but I think what's maybe most interesting, like if you just put it out its plainest form, the only way that Arkansas's defense gets stops is if they get turnovers. One of the things that Missouri has struggled with at times, but not recently, is the turnovers. So Missouri has to avoid that. The biggest thing that Missouri's defense struggles with defensively is the big plays, as you mentioned, and that is the way that Arkansas's offense lives. They thrive off of the big play. So I I think those are kind of like the two biggest things that are going to potentially determine this game is can Missouri's offense prevent the, you know, the negative plays offensively and can their defense prevent the explosive plays or at least too many of them. By Arkansas because they're going to get some. Mm -hmm. I I think you've mentioned this in your preview for this game. Like, you don't stop Rocket Sanders, you don't stop KJ Jefferson, you contain them, you you hold them to below their season norms, and when you do that, kind of like Liberty did, or even uh, Texas A and M, strangely enough. (laughs) Like you you can find a way to beat them. You can beat them in like 24, 21 types of games. That's totally possible against this Arkansas team, despite what we saw from them last week against Ole Miss. Yeah.
0: This is so whenever I, I look at a team, I look at their I look at their schedule and how they performed. I look at the win expectancy to see, you know, were they lucky? Were they really bad? Were they actually pretty good and, and just had some some bad luck towards the end? Arkansas has beating some really good teams. You guys, they beat number 20, Cincinnati, they beat South Carolina. They did lose to Texas a and I don't know how you do that, but they did it in week four. They managed to do that. Lose to Alabama, no shot there. Lose to Mississippi state, really no shot there. But Alabama's fourth and Mississippi state's 22nd. But you know, they beat a bad BYU team on the road. They beat a bad Auburn team on the road and then turn around, lose to Liberty and LSU. And, a lot of that, they've played well. Outside of Alabama and Mississippi State, they've played well. So it's kind of, they've been a little snake bit on a couple of their wins. Or like They've been close, but not close enough. And I think that's what you saw when they really just stampeded Ole Miss, uh, the 15th best team in the country, because it's like, they are actually really good. It's just they've had some bad breaks and just very select ways to lose games. BK, I looked at Missouri's schedule. It'd been a while since I looked at it, so I, I, I revisited and looked at the ranks of their opponents and and how they did. Man, if I told you that Missouri's only beaten one team that's better than 80th in the country, yeah, would you this believe is what me? we've
1: been talking about? This is their their schedule was not mm-hmm. actually very good this year. Like we talked about it before the if season. We're like, man, this looks daunting. I looked into it though. Like The teams that Missouri has played that are at least in the same realm as as Arkansas, because I was curious. Okay, like so far you're one and two Mm -hmm. in those three games. You had every opportunity to be able to win all three of them, and now this is your fourth. And you had to go probably two and two to be able to show some real signs of progress this season. The problem for them is they also lost the the potential flip game against Auburn, and that that's the one that we're always going to look back to. But yeah, Missouri has not faced a very like imposing schedule this year, despite the fact that they played in the SEC. K-State is awesome. Mm -hmm. Georgia is Mm -hmm. amazing. Tennessee is really, really good. Otherwise, Missouri's played pretty much an average schedule, maybe below average. Mm
0: -hmm. The thing is, is that Missouri has been blown out twice. And in both instances, many, many things went wrong. But the one thing that stayed true was that their defensive havoc rate was under 19%. Defense could not get any sort of disruption at all against Kansas State on the road and Tennessee on the road, and those teams just ran right past them, and the offense couldn't catch up. So a key thing is you got to make sure that this defense is creating havoc. I know that's breaking news, duh, that's what Blake Baker does, but seriously, that's what has to happen. You mentioned the turnovers, got to get some sacks. Got to get some tackles for loss. Got to break up those passes. And it's Rick Straw, Chris Abrams-Drain. They're very good at doing that. There's one team that Missouri has beaten that ranks better than 80th in the country. It was South Carolina that ranked 33rd. beating them 23-10. to 10. Remember that? I remember that. We were all there for that. What happened? What was part of that game that made it work so well? Well, number one, the ground game was Dynamite. 52.6% success rate on the ground. Cody Schrader ran for 82, Brady Cook ran for 53. They were able to hold out of the ball, move it down the field, finished with what, 164 uh, rushes for or 164 yards on the ground. Uh, the passing game was pretty good, 44% success rate for 224 yards. So making sure that the ground game is working, that's the bread and butter of an Eli Drinkwitz offense that has to work. Defensively, 42.4% havoc rate. Like, holy God. That is what you need, 40%. So if Missouri can get 50% success rate on the ground and a 40% havoc rate through their defense, well, now we're talking about a situation where you can beat a team that ranks better than 80th, which Arkansas currently does. I don't know if it can happen. <laughs> like I said, Arkansas's uh, defense certainly isn't super great, but their offense is really good at keeping pressure off the quarterback, making sure that they're not losing a lot of yards. Uh, me met at the middle with stuff, uh, with stuff waiting for their runs. So I don't know, man, get your turnovers, create some havoc. It's, it's a simple recipe, but as we've seen, that's uh It's not always something that this team can do. It's an easy
1: recipe. It's hard to be able to live that way though, you know, because like you you have to take the fight to the opposition and you can't let up because when you do, that's when that 60 yard play potentially goes over the top. Or as we saw last week for Arkansas, it's when the 70 yard run for rocket Sanders is going into your, your end zone as well. let, let's stick with when when Arkansas has the football. Let, let's stick with Mizzou's defense. We, we can kind of start on that side of the ball to really break this thing down. So I, I think the biggest thing for Mizzou defensively this week, and you tell me if you disagree with me on this. I think it starts with the run and you work your way to the pass. Because Arkansas on the ground with Sanders is... I mean, has Missouri played a more imposing ground attack this year? M- maybe K-State?
0: I was going to say Deuce Vaughn, but outside of that, and that no. Th-
1: those are probably the two. And the other thing that you have in this game, and it, it does resemble that K-State game a bit, is that you also have KJ Jefferson as a real threat on the ground. Now, he d- he's not super explosive as a runner, but he's a guy that consistently moves the chains as a runner. So that's something to keep in mind. Their passing game is is pretty good, but it's not like Tennessee's. You know, this is not a high-flying attack where they're going to be throwing the ball all over the yard all, all game long. It, it's not to that degree. I think it really starts with the running game. And if you're able to create havoc there, that's where it can bleed into the passing game a bit. And now you put them behind the sticks a little bit and things get a little more difficult for them offensively.
0: Yeah. KJ Jefferson wants to run outside. If he can get outside, he's, he's in his happy place. Uh, he's averaging 5.8 yards carrying outside, uh, 4.9 on the inside. So not, not bad, but when he's facing a seven man plus box, he's only averaging 1.6 yards per carry. So, you know, you need to kind of disguise your coverage and, and bait him into keeping it and running it into a stacked box.
1: Thankfully Rocket, for Mizzou, they run a stacked box.
0: They do. They absolutely do. Now Rocket Sanders, uh, he does whatever he wants. Six
1: point three <laughs> on the outside,
0: six point one <laughs> on the inside. He averages averages seven point two yards against a seven man box. My he God, he averages three yards before contact. He averages three point two yards after contact. Like. If he's the, he's got the ball, just, just accept the fact that he's going to get yards. Um, so yeah, you get And it, that's you got where it.
1: those havoc plays come in, right? Because exactly. like, you, you know, that he's going to get his, there, there is no way really to shut him down within realistic outcomes. Um, and, and so what you have to do is like, okay, he's going to get seven yards on first down. Okay. It's second and three. They They're going to run it again. Now you get the, cre- you create that havoc play tackle for loss behind the line of scrimmage. It's third and five. Now you've put them in a potential distance where you can expect pass. Now you get a pass deflection and boom, they're punting the ball on fourth and five. Mm-hmm. So that that's where it becomes if you don't get those negative plays, it's really difficult to keep them. Like I remember, I think it was Sam who used to say this about some of the Missouri point guards. Like they they kept the trains on the tracks. Mm-hmm. They kept them on time. Rocket Sanders is what keeps their offense on time. And if you can disrupt that timing, that's when they become more easily beatable. Yeah,
0: you know, and if it's got to be, you know, they it's a it's the Kendall Briles offense, which we all have our opinions of that guy, but that scheme is the Baylor scheme that we we a lot of people run now, and it is, it is a numbers game and it's based off of looks that you give them. If they if they are running basically RPOs every single play, which they usually do. So there's going to be a handoff to Rocket option. There's going to be a keep option for KJ, and there's going to be a quick pass option. If you can bait them, give them a look that's going to be KJ, keep it, you're going to be in your happy place. That's going to be your, a safer bet than having Rocket taken and run. So if you need to crash down on Rocket and, you know, force KJ to hold it and know that's what you're doing and have the guys to compensate for that, that's good. On the passing side, their top receivers, like one, two, three, four... Every, their top six receivers run short routes, like one to five yards over 50% of the time. There's one guy who goes deep well, slightly more and his name is Matt Landers. And he still has a 43.8% short route percentage. Like everything is very close to the line. It is almost drink Wentzian in their passing attack, which is short, 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 let the athletes make some moves and then go. And, and that's where your explosive play comes from. So, disguise it, play it. So that you take rocket out of the option and have KJ throw it or KJ, keep it. That's a better place than Sanders keeping it. I don't know how you do that. Cause I'm not a coach. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not Blake Baker, but make sure that he doesn't end up with 20 carries. Cause that's probably going to be a recipe for you. You lost the game.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that goes into this is like the score, right? The game script that that's going to be a part of this as well. If Missouri's able to get up offensively early on in this one, and they get a couple of stops, well, now you've potentially forced them into some more obvious passing situations, and that can help your defense as well. Like it's all—it's all interconnected. Uh, th- this football thing—it's it's fun how it works that way. But <laughs> let's get over to the offensive side of the ball for Mizzou, because this is where things get really interesting. This defense stinks, man. It's really bad. 29 points per game allowed against FBS opponents. They have the worst run defense against FBS opponents in the SEC. They're allowing almost five yards per carry. Second worst passing defense in the SEC this year against FBS opponents. 8.3 yards per attempt. Woo, howdy, that is bad. Only Vandy allows more yards per play. They are allowing six and a half yards per play on the season. The one thing they do well. And they're kind of hit and miss with this, but they do it well at times. It's really twofold, and they're they're interconnected, honestly. They're second in the SEC in sacks per game this year, and they live off of takeaways. They have 15 takeaways in 10 FBS games, but they suck on third down. They have allowed a 46% um, third down conversion rate, and they give up the most big plays in the SEC by a wide margin. They have given up 42 plays this year of 30 yards or more, 15 of those in the passing game, 27 of them, or excuse me, 15 of them in the run game, 27 in the passing game. Whatever you want to do, it kind of reminds me of what you said about the Florida game. They will allow you to do whatever you want to do. And then they're going to get the random sack here or there. And if you put the ball into harm's way, whether that be by holding the football like a loaf of bread or going out there and throwing an erratic pass because you're under pressure, that's where they take advantage of you. But if you don't have those, if you don't beat yourself offensively, typically the Arkansas defense is not going to beat you. And so this goes to what I think your game plan would be, which is run the hell out of the football. Just stay ahead of the sticks. Second and six, third and two, first and ten. That should be the way that this game goes. And when you don't have that, play action pass right over the top. Get Dominic Lovett down the field. Get Luther Burden into space. See if you can maybe hit Toski Dove on one of those downfield plays. Those are the kinds of things that you should be able to do against this defense because they do not have much that can hurt you. With the Lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: where so he's very obvious in how it calls its plays. If it's a standard down, they're going to run. If it's a passing down, they're going to throw. That's not great. That's not a great way to protect your, a younger quarterback who struggles at times. But again, even with that obviousness, Bush Hamden's kind of got a groove, at least in the past two games. Okay. Now those past two games featured a Tennessee defense that would, you know, they'll give you some, some shorter stuff. And then a New Mexico defense who just really did not have much of a shot. So, I understand that. Still, Brady Cook has played better games in the back half of this season. Those two games notwithstanding. He was, he, was get, he was better, and he's been better just in the back half anyway. So, you know, Arkansas's defense is not something that he has not seen before. This is not a quality or caliber of defense that he has not seen before. Their havoc rate is not good. It's only 14%. Just as a reference point, you know Missouri missouris at 20%. That's their average. Okay, that's with a 6% against <laughs> against Kansas State and like a 10% against Tennessee. So like keep that in mind when you're thinking about the averages here. Arkansas just, you know, they don't really, they can get the sack, but they don't create much other havoc. And the havoc comes from their defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, almost nothing there. Drew Sanders is a really good linebacker. He and Bumper Pool, really two good linebackers, but they're just God, How is he shins. still there? I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, COVID season, right? Like, he's just, he's going to be around forever. But, like, they are really good linebackers, but they'll, you know, they'll pick off the occasional passer or scoop up a fumble, but they are mostly just tackling machines. They don't really do a whole lot outside of that. So, you can move the ball on this defense. If you're not, you know, careless Mm -hmm. with how you distribute your passes, if you can make it quick, you can kind of vary up the play calling, you can move it. I just, I don't know we saw this against Florida and Missouri did not finish their drives against Florida. They also threw a pick six, but like they did not finish their drives and Missouri, other than New Mexico state, that's, that's been the problem, right? They, they get in, you know, they cross the 40 and they either turn it over or they settle for a field goal. So, you can't do that in this game. You have to, have to, have to generate scoring opportunities. You have to cross the opponent's 40. And when you get there, you have to be getting touchdowns. If that means mm-hmm. you know, targeting Luther Burden more, do that. If that means bringing in the horse and running a 34-yard passing touchdown special, do that. I don't care how you do it, but like you said, Cody Schrader, three, 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 three over and over and over again, and then hit some big ones as you get close because... Arkansas's offense is very good at finishing drives. And if you know the Missouri defense, which may or may not be banged up, if they can't hold their end of the deal, then you need to be more aggressive. And I, I, we haven't seen that yet. So it makes me worry.
1: I'm trying to look this up in the meantime, but just to make sure that I'm not off on my timing was the Florida game. When Dominic love it, he tried to come back early off of the ankle injury. Am I right on the timing of that one where he'd like, he only played like 15 snaps in that game or something like that.
0: Yeah. And he had four targets, four catches, 39 yards.
1: Okay. That's what I thought that was. And the reason why I bring it up is because um, I, I think Dom Lovett has a pretty sizable role or should have a pretty sizable role in this game. Um, he's, he's your explosive player in the passing game mm-hmm. down the field. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's the only guy really that I, I trust to be able to go down the fields to to make plays and if he's able to do that that's how you get something over the top if love it is still limited and let's be honest he's he's looked kind of limited over the last few weeks that's where things get really hard because mm-hmm. now you ask yourself okay how are you creating explosives against this defense? Not at the line of scrimmage where you've got to create yards after the catch, but actually down the field, who is the guy that can go down the field to do that? Do you have an answer? Cause I mean, based, I based on what we've seen so far this year, I, I, it's really been love it. And then nobody else like the one, the random one-off here or there where Tusky Dove has like a great adjustment on a play down the field. He has a 45 yard play. Uh Mookie Cooper, I think, had a one earlier this season. We've had Makai Miller come up with a couple of those big plays, but he's had a total of four catches on the season. So it's yeah. not like he's really doing that. It's really Love It or Boss. So they they need him to be at full strength for this one and they need him to be a downfield option for them.
0: I was gonna say, if you have no Love It or you have a limited Love It and you have no Bannister, do you have Miller just Take one of those roles, either the downfield or the third and banister role?
1: That, I think Miller's. The answer? I mean, I, I personally believe that earning targets is a skill. I, I really do believe that because I think when your quarterback finds you open, and whether it's in practice or then certainly during games, if you're able to capitalize on those opportunities, they tend to come to you more often. Makai Miller has not played a ton of snaps this year. Despite that, It seems like every time he's in the game, he's getting targeted. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I I think that he has a skill of creating separation and finding a way to come down with a football. And that sounds simplistic because that is the job description of a wide receiver, but it's really (laughs) hard to do, especially Mm -hmm. as a true freshman. And he seems Mm -hmm. to find a way to do it. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I would absolutely have him being one of the guys that is out there more often. Like, I, I like Mookie Cooper. He's a fun story. I, I hope I wish him nothing but the best, whether it be at Mizzou or elsewhere moving forward. But, man, he's he's had 16 receptions this year. I don't know what his average depth of the target is, but I would imagine it's like at or behind the line of scrimmage on the entirety of the mm-hmm. season. So Toski Dove, he, he doesn't earn targets. He's basically running wind sprints out there. I, I would have Makai Miller as the guy that I would trust in that role personally. But I think that they will probably split that between Dove and Cooper. I bet you Cooper takes on the Bannister role. And because they trust the veterans, Toski Dove will just run some extra routes. Yeah.
0: Uh, because you asked. <clears throat> Mookie Cooper has run, whew, is this right, 175 routes. He's been targeted 23 times. He's got 16 catches for 181 yards. 40% of his routes are short. 30% are intermediate and The other 30 are deep. So yeah, he's mostly kind of the short option. Um, Burden is always going to be a weapon, like just a space weapon, Mm -hmm. either the, the, the kind of faux pass where Brady cook just kind of tosses it in front of him and he whips around in a jet sweep, or you get him out on a screen and he ignores his blockers and hurdles into the end zone, but he is not your downfield guy at this point. So here's my question. We haven't seen it since the first game. Do we see the return of the Luther wildcat in an effort to get him in space and present something different in a rivalry game that everyone's going to be geeked up for? Do we, do we see the return of that?
1: I could see it. I think that would make some sense. I also like what they've been doing. I I'm personally not as big of a wildcat as a lot of the other people are. I would rather see him running at the snap. So like the jet sweeps that they've been doing, the the push mm-hmm. pass into a jet sweep. I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that makes a lot more sense in a game like this, where you get him out in space, he's moving when nobody else is. It takes other people a little bit of time to be able to catch up to him. He has shown that the game appears to be moving at a slower speed for him right now. He's making better decisions. So I, I think that's the way you get him involved as a runner personally. But mm-hmm. if you want to mix in, maybe a couple of wildcat snaps throughout the game where you're just replacing your running game in that scenario, because it's not like Cody Schrader's is like an explosive runner most of the time either. Yeah. I'd be good with that. I've got no issues with that.
0: But here's the thing. Brady cook is a heck of a runner too. hundred percent. And he can throw the ball. So we've seen an uptick in Brady cook designed runs. Now he's always been prone to scrambling. Um, but I think the last two weeks we've seen you know season highs on his usage as a runner.
1: It's like 250 um, yards over the last four games rushing.
0: It's insane, man. Like against New Mexico state, seven rushes for 72 yards against Tennessee. He was the running game, 14 rushes for 117 yards, but don't even, you know, don't forget against Kentucky. He went six for 31. So like he's willing to multiple times, try and make something happen with his legs. And it's, I'm impressed. I like what I see. You know, Arkansas's defense is much closer to New Mexico State's than it is to Kentucky's. So I don't I mean, that would be my counter to my own question of do you bring the Luther, you know, Wildcat? No, because you don't need to. Yeah. You got you got a guy who can throw the ball and can scoot. So I I do like him on those jet sweeps. And man, that oh that fake jet sweep with the toss to Barrett Bannister was Just magic, and I'm not. Obviously, you can't. You know, you can you can try and run it again. People are going to see it, but like, I like that creativity, Mm -hmm. and I like what Luther can be, both as a weapon and as a decoy. Because that that was Cook's
1: uh, been your leading rusher each of the last two weeks. So I I I would. I know this sounds crazy. I I probably wouldn't take the ball out of his hands in in the running game. I would just allow him to keep cooking the the way that he has over the last couple of weeks. Ah. No pun intended. There, bad job by me, but. Um that that's probably the way that I would go. I would play it straight up. Brady Cook's been playing better. Trust him to be able to go out there and make some plays for you. I I find this entire matchup to be absolutely fascinating, man. And I know at the beginning you said like, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is the rivalry that we have." It's it, I still don't really view it that way just because I, I maybe I'm di- I'm not taking away from what it is, but it just doesn't have the juice of like I I personally think South Carolina is a little bit of a bigger rivalry than Arkansas. I, yeah. I would view Kentucky as a slightly more mm-hmm. um, hated rival for me than than Arkansas is. Those games just always feel, I don't know, for for whatever reason, kind of bigger than the Arkansas game. And maybe it's the timing mm-hmm. of it because Missouri hasn't been playing for stuff that's like significant late in the season very recently. And those other games always feel like they're like in the middle or early portion of the year. And they determine what the ceiling for Mizzou season is that year. So they feel like they take an outsized importance. This game kind of has a little bit of that this mm. year where it is like this determines mm. it, not whether or not this was a successful season because you're either five or seven or six and six or whatever. And you beat like basically nobody that's good, but <laughs> it, it five and seven does feel different than six and six to me. So it, it, this one feels more important than it has in in the last few years. Yeah.
0: Again, it would have been great, great, for storyline purposes if Arkansas had lost last week. Um,
1: yeah. But whatever. And one of these two teams was going to yeah. become bowl yeah. eligible.
0: But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, are we doing score predictions? Do you really want to go that route? What do you What do you see? Uh, what do you see happening here?
1: So, uh, not to be negative, Nelly, but. I think I'm going to take Arkansas. I think the spread's right, though. I think this is a three-point mm-hmm. game. I I think that there will be a few more explosives than what we're expecting. And as a result of that, I think it's like 27-24, 23-20, so, something mm-hmm. like that. So I'll take Arkansas by three. The game is played in the 20s. I hope I'm wrong, though. And, and I do think <laughs> this is a, a legit 50-50 game where Mizzou definitely can win this one. Yeah.
0: I mean, they are at home, so they are eligible to win. We've talked about this. The other thing, and I'm starting to realize this, Eli Drinkwitz has a thing for trophies. I
1: he really
0: likes collecting hardware. And in trophy games, Missouri only has two. South Carolina with the Mayor Cup. And then this one for the um, gigantic state outline. (laughs) (laughs) He's only lost one of those games. It was Arkansas last year. So... I don't know. It's at home. It's got a trophy on the line. <sighs> I hesitate because Bannister and, and Love It are out. And we've not we haven't even talked about it. are the defensive guys who left last week, are they okay? We have no idea.
1: Yeah, and that that's just something we don't know. And <clears throat> big big hop is out. Bradley. Yeah. Tyrone yeah. Hopper is out. Not that he's like the end all be all, but it's a it depth is. piece that yeah. you'd rather have.
0: So I don't know. Um yeah, I see this as a three point game. Oh, do I pick the good guys? Oh. Go for it.
1: Be optimistic. That's not my thing. Play that But role. you did
0: you did pick Arkansas. So I'm gonna say oh 27-24 Missouri. Thicker at the gun, right? Just some nasty 55 yarder to bury them at the at the end of the game. Something like that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Before the game happens, though, there's a little thing called Thanksgiving, and I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be sad in my discussion with this, but I'm going to have this discussion anyway. BK, I love Thanksgiving. I think it's the greatest holiday in the world. I'm going to ask you, what are your top five Thanksgiving foods? And I am prepared for you to make me sad. What is your answer?
1: So let me start with my unpopular Thanksgiving take. I think Thanksgiving in general, the food is overrated. And the reason why is this if we love Thanksgiving food so much, wouldn't we have like Thanksgiving based restaurants popping up all over the country? Like, wouldn't they just constantly be serving like turkey with mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and brown gravy and all of the stuff that we eat over the course of Thanksgiving? That should be the most popular food in America based on the way that people approach it in the month of November. It is not. However, we don't have those restaurants popping up all over the country. And there's reason for that. It's because it's just okay. Like I, I can get down with it. I've got no issues with it. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just, it's, it's okay. So if you want me to rank my, like my favorite foods that we eat on this day, I'm more than happy to do so. And pumpkin pie will be nowhere near that list because pumpkin pie is trash and nobody should be consuming it on these wonderful holidays. No reason to put that in your so. Body.
0: Do you partake in a traditional Thanksgiving feast, or are you kind of new wave? Here's what I actually make for Thanksgiving, and you do it completely differently.
1: No, I'll, 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 get involved with it. Like I'm down, I'll, I'll eat whatever, you know, like if I'm going to like, I, we do it with my wife's family typically and they do the traditional Thanksgiving stuff. So I'm here for it. I got no problems with your, your sweet potato casserole, the mac and cheese, green bean casserole, the cranberry sauce, turkey, ham, whatever you got. I, I'll eat it. I, I got no problems with it. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not over here being like, no, I am eating uh Chinese food exclusively on Thanksgiving. No, I'm, okay, I'm not. Okay, but I'm if
0: it was 100% up to you, would you eat Chinese food or your favorite equivalent on Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, sure. Like my my family is Italian. I come from an Italian upbringing, and for Christmas, we we always made ravioli growing up, like homemade ravioli, and that's that was our thing. So, yeah, would I rather have that for Thanksgiving than your typical Thanksgiving meal? Of course. And I think most people are lying if they say that they wouldn't. Of course they would. Wow. Okay. Why don't Nate? That he, is here's fine. my question to you: If you yes. love this food so much, why don't you make it more often? You can You're do assuming that. That
0: I don't. Something <laughs> <You're laughs> oh, that I sh- don't.
1: stupid f- fair. <laughs>
0: Are you sitting in my house and watching what I eat, Brandon, Kylie? No, you are
1: not. Yeah, but I love turkey. I'm right? not wrong, though. You, you're not out here cooking turkeys on Sundays for the week. I'm not, I'm not
0: brining <laughs> and frying a turkey like on a, on a July Wednesday. No, that stuff takes work. And yet I'm not...
1: people over the summer love barbecue and they, they get out there, they throw on the, some meats on the grill or they get the smokers going. They get all excited. Look, you know what man, they're not out there doing? They're not out there making a Thanksgiving meal, even though they're putting the same amount of time and effort into the stuff that they actually like because it tastes better
0: i grilled turkey i'm not okay fine you can you can continue to tell me what i do with my life that's fine (laughs) that's that's fine you tell me what your favorite traditional uh, thanksgiving foods are ranked one through five just tell me what it is
1: so i'll go with uh number one would be the sweet potato casserole that's my go-to okay number two would be the mac and cheese number 3 but not just like your traditional mac and cheese you know you got to get it all fufu get the crumbles on the top it's a little bit of Ooh, crispiness to nice. it it's it's almost like a casserole mm-hmm. like a mac cheese mac and cheese casserole for people that haven't yeah. had it before uh number 3 I'm a casserole guy i love me a green bean casserole uh number 4 <laughs> the cranberry sauce but get that trash that's coming out with the ridges get that out of here you got to make a homemade cranberry sauce <laughs> And number five, I will be going with whatever the specialty pie is that is not pumpkin. I like a good pie, but I'm out I'm out on the pumpkin. So whatever it is uh, that you have at your home. Apple? I'm down with apple? the apple. I'm down with the pecan. I'm down with a uh, sweet potato pie. Chocolate. I'm down with a chocolate Ooh. pie. I'm down with whatever kind of pie you got. I'm just going to go ahead and pass on the the nasty-ass pumpkin.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, in regards to the green bean casserole. Yes, sir do you prefer it still be that vegetable presentation or would you prefer that it's been messed with so much that it's hardly a vegetable and just a vegetable in name only
1: in terms of like the, the French onion soup that you would put in there or whatever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it It, it should appear to be white, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the color of your green bean casserole should be white <clears throat> with brown because you have the, uh, the fried onions on the top. Yeah that is the correct awesome. way like i don't need to be seeing like i've got green beans that have some crispy stuff on top no 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 no, no. this is basically <laughs> a soup that i am consuming as mm-hmm. if it is my vegetables for the day
0: <laughs> and it will count as your vegetables for the 100%, day that is, that is
1: correct that right. and the sweet potatoes which are uh, just yeah. doused in sugar and butter mm, yeah. and everything that is bad for it. pecans on the top oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh wow nice nice
0: all right well, I am I'm am a Thanksgiving traditionalist. It is my favorite holiday uh, of the year. He's seven times it out holiday. of the year, ladies and
1: gentlemen. He is making it, it is off a, on the daily. holiday
0: <laughs> where you eat food and you watch football, and I can't think of anything more American than that. So I, I look forward to it. I do eat Thanksgiving food other times of the year. Thank you. Uh, because I am a traditionalist. My top five is going to be very basic. Uh, I am okay with this. This is my list, it is not yours. Number five is the turkey. I know it's not the most heralded bird in the world. I know chicken is kind of more of the American food uh, as far as birds go, but a good turkey, you can brine it, you can fry it, you can roast it. I don't particularly care. You give me one sliver of white to make me feel good, and then a bunch of dark to make me feel tasty. And uh, the turkey is there to be kind of your your place setter. This is what we're building around. This is this is my offensive line of my Thanksgiving plate. Okay, we build around this. Number two, or I guess number four, I should say, it's going to be your mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are an essential function of the Thanksgiving dinner because. It is fluffy, it is buttery, it is a vegetable that I can get away with. It is also just absolutely delicious, and it goes with my number three, gravy. Gravy is one of the most important, versatile parts of the Thanksgiving meal, because you can put that stuff on everything. Does it go on your stuffing? Yep. Does it go on your mashed potatoes? Yep. Does it go on your turkey? Yep. Do you take whatever you have on your plate and sop it up? Yep. Gravy is so important to the Thanksgiving meal. One of my favorites. It's actually my, my number three. My number two serves a very similar but different role. And it's a pun because it's the roles. It's the roles. The roles, what do you want to put on there? The gravy? Sure. You want to put some put some mashed potatoes on that roll? Absolutely. Knock yourself off. It's delicious. Do you want to put some turkey on top of that roll? Yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that with a fork because I'm not a monster and I'm trying to play nice in front of my family. But yes, I will put lots of stuff on that roll. That bread is going to be delicious. It's going to be King's Hawaiian. It's going to be yummy. And then number one, the number one thing of Thanksgiving is the stuffing or the dressing or however you want to call it. I don't care if it's rice-based. I don't care if it's cornbread braced. It is delicious. It goes with everything and it ties the whole meal together. And so you put that on a plate. It is unstoppable. I will eat that anytime unless it's 110 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. I will eat that any time of the year and be supremely happy. That is my top five. It is my top five. It is not your top five. You can tell me why I'm wrong later, but BK, I'm telling you,
1: it's delicious. I respect it. I, I Hey, man, I I let people live their life the way that they want to live their life. If they want to be that's out sure. here eating yeah. overrated food all the time, that's fine. That, that ain't no problem yep. by me. <laughs> I got no issues with that. I'll eat what I want to eat. Nate can eat what he wants to eat. You can eat <laughs> whatever you want to eat at home. I got no problems with it. However you want to celebrate the holidays, whatever it is that makes you happy, I hope that you are able to do that on these wonderful holidays that we have. And hopefully you are celebrating on Friday with a wonderful Missouri victory against the Arkansas Razorbacks.
0: (laughs) Agreed. This country is great because you can make it what you want it to be. And if that involves meatballs or spaghetti or Chinese food or lasagna or turkey, knock yourself out. It can all rally around the fact that Missouri is great and Arkansas sucks. And that's what we're going to be thankful for this year. And that's going to be the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or rate us. We we'll love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter as long as it's not dead. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' flagship at Rockin' Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z.
1: The